Every play, every stat, every breakdown, on their own they're essential, but altogether they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advantage tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing pieces to get the most out of every second of film. Learn more at huddle.com slash a quick timeout. Making his second appearance on the podcast is Coach Raul Placeras, head coach for the Maryville Scots. Coach, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Um, this is my second tour here, and uh, I got I got paid a lot more money this time to do it. So <laughs> happy to do it. Doubled his salary this time around, and he was kind enough to agree to it. Uh, last time we talked with Coach, talked about culture building, and it was a, a fantastic episode. I know that the listeners enjoyed it. At least the the numbers of listeners was uh, considerably high higher than a lot of them. So I know he does a, a great job there at Maryville. If you haven't checked out his program already, we'll kind of connect you with him and get you his uh, contact information towards the end. Coach and I this time, offense and what he's doing there at Maryville and similar to how we play. And, and he and I have some shared coaching mentors. So I asked him to go Go ahead and come back and share with us what he does on offense. I always like to talk to coaches who do things similar because there may be some things that they're doing differently than what, what we're doing. So, Coach, I, I like to ask for these style of play episodes. You know, what is it about the, your offense that you like, that you enjoy? Um, and even for the fan who hasn't seen your program play before, how would you describe what you do offensively there? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, first and foremost, I, you know, by no means have I, you know, rediscovered the game or, or found something. I like most coaches just biting off different people. Um, you know, three years ago, I ran into Doug Novak through a really good friend of mine, Ricky Norris, who's a head coach here at Webb High School here in Knoxville. And Ricky had played for Doug at junior college when, when Doug was a junior college assistant. And, and I just think Doug has a great mind for the game. And, you know, and we went from a traditional four out one in motion team to we're still four out one in, but we're more driving space and, and creating double gaps and, giving guys um, the freedom to, to work within the offense. And, you know, we, we talk about very similar to, to a lot of those Doug Novak teams that he has had, you know, we're just trying to play with decision, you know, being decisive, um, playing fast and playing freely. And, and, you know, we're seeking five things. We're seeking layups. We're seeking stationary threes. We're seeking stationary um, straight line drives, um, deep post-ups and, and free throws. And every year we've gotten better in those we just now, hopefully, in year four of this, we can put it all together. And, and that's what we're striving for. But we definitely have been near the top from an offensive category in our league for the last three years and in all those in all those areas. I mentioned this on the last show, but a lot of success that you've had, especially here even recently, and you talked about just switching over to that the last few years. I just wondered what has changed for you maybe in those three years, whether that's things that you've learned as you've learned more about this system as you've run it. I felt like as we run this and then I've seen my team play maybe things that I emphasize more or changes to the offense and, and how I look back now and it's kind of become ours because we've changed certain things that are different from even what, you know, coach Novak did or that kind of thing. But how has it evolved for you all, even over the last three years? Yeah. I just think it's a fun style to coach. It's easy to teach. 
And at the end of the day, I think you want your players to come to practice, wanting to come to practice. And there's a lot more to it, right? Like when we're doing these skills and, and just developing the offense um, through practice, you know, music is being played. Um, it's very free flowing, right? And, and, and that's kind of the environment for, for the guys to play within a system that they can use their imagination with structure. But, you know, we create that within the drills that we do every single day, whether it's individually or small sided groups, um, you know, just creating and letting them see, you know, that kind of the part to whole method, um, just doing things step by step. So then when they see it in a five on five setting, oh, this is why coach was breaking this up the way that he was doing. And, you know, I, I've enjoyed coaching it because guys love to handle the ball in today's day with their trainers and everything. So handling the basketball. But if you're a basketball player, you love to shoot the ball. And this is what this offense creates for you is the flexibility to get guys in the right spots and to shoot um, a shot that is very easy but very difficult to do when game time comes, and that's the stationary three shot that's the separator now in, in the game of basketball. You mentioned the small group workouts, maybe even sometimes one-on-one. I don't know how you set them up there, but during those types of times with the guys – what are you doing to teach them the offense? Well, we're breaking it down. We, we, you know, we talk about, you know, Doug talks about school of finishing. You know, we, we just we call it just finishing school here um, and, and just working on three specific layups, just a regular layup, strike stop layup, you know, finishing with your inside hand. Uh, we call it Rondo. I, I don't know what others call it, but, you know, showing the ball to the rim, you know, faking it and then up and under to the rim. But we're mastering those every day. Right. And. And then when we when we're playing our pitching game, you know, in our penetration, when we pitch and we go to the block, we teach three moves you need to know. It's the dribble drop to the middle to finish, um, the jump hook to the middle, whether it's left hand or right hand, and then the up and under. And we're all doing it right. And and, and that's the thing that I think makes the, the offense so much fun and so effective is now there's guards that are posting up. And, and you know, as a college coach, how much time do we do? You know, do we dedicate to teaching? post defense to guards during the year. Uh, you know, we'll just probably say, hey, man, you need the front, right? But within the driving space offense, if you're guarding that guy and he pitches it, he's going to be in front of you. And so it gives you an advantage once you get to the block with guys that are skilled to utilize that and 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 be very effective around the rim. What have you done in regards to practice, practice planning, practice segments on offense you touched a little bit on you know the small games or splitting up that kind of thing but how has it changed even the formation of and the flow of a practice yeah everything that we do you know just like most coaches right you, one thing leads to the next because you're trying to get to that final piece and for us is passing we start with passing drills every single day where it's four square passing whether it's you know middle line seam one up passing um, post get one down um, just passing in itself, not even shooting a basketball, but that will lead to the attacking part of it. As we go and practice, you know, we shoot every day um, segments probably of 10 to 15 minutes where we're on both ends and we split the team up. And, you know, and the fun part is, you know, it's not just splitting guards and bigs and there's moments for that where you want to really specify and just work on certain things with those positional groups. But, and I think it's a time where now your four men and your traditional fives that really don't get the opportunity to shoot much can work on that element of their game. And just like guards who truly are not going to post as much, they're also working on that part of the game. So you're you're creating the complete player. And, and again, that's what makes it so much fun um, because the guys do grow 
in their game, obviously, if they stick with it for the four years here in October. What do you do in regards to actually teaching them the whole? You mentioned the parts. How do you go about teaching the parts? Whether you want to call it a square or you want to call it a rectangle, however your your geometry works for you in your mind and your head. But, you know, we got two guys in an alley, two guys in a corner, and then the post players in the dunk spot. You know, anytime we pass alley to alley, we're cutting through the nail, you know, and I kind of, this is a corny dad joke for our guys, but it's just so they think that I'm a cool guy. I say, you know, zero to a hundred, like Drake, you know what I mean? Like we're going straight through the nail, um, zero to a hundred. And we're creating in essence, a blur screen, but we're creating the double gap. So now once we create that double gap, that player is now engaging the defender. That's one thing that I'll start off. So many guys just want to get downhill. Well, at our level now, you got some good players that are going to defend and they're going to cut you off. So the first thing is you want to engage because if they have their hands down or they're dropping back, you know, you're walking up into a three. And those are things we we work on. We work on the walk up three pointer. But once we get there, we're attacking. We call it the three P's penetration, pitch and post. So if you, you penetrate it, you pitch it, you're automatically posting. Now, when we get to the post, there's the element where now we can escape. So guy has the ball in the corner. He has the ability to drive middle or drive baseline, right? If he drives middle, that guy's going to escape in the opposite direction. Obviously, drive baseline, you're, uh, you know, emptying in the opposite direction. The post player who's now on the block reads that. If they go middle, he is circling around his defender. If he drives baseline, he's basically just basically like a J cut towards the middle of the floor. A new thing that I've incorporated this year, and I don't know who I heard it from this summer, always have headlights and taillights. So this year, making sure we got someone in that dead corner for that drift and making sure we got somebody behind us just in case we get in trouble with the stride stop. So that balances off the floor and you're consistently, you know, creating that square, that rectangle within your offense. Um, And I know we're going to touch on like quick hitters as we go. But what I find that as a coach is that I'm the offensive coordinator from the floor. And I can manipulate what we want and take advantage of the mismatches as the game is going on, even as we're moving it, because I see where guys are at, you know, and, you know, let's say I say swing it. You know, our guys know swing means you better swing that ball and our post player is going to duck in and break your hips. And, you know, but I can do that as the flow is going on because I'm reading where the defender post defender and how he's guarding our, our guy on the block. Do you do a lot of breakdown stuff or do you like to have five out there on the floor? We will start it off with three. So we'll start off alley to alley. Hey, man, you got to you understand you're passing and you're cutting through. Right now we engage it and then we go through those steps. Then we add the fourth guy. Right. Because now in the event you can't pitch, that's where the protection plans come. Right. You if you can't pitch, you can gnash it all around the rim. You can bark the guy into the block. Right. Or you can bounce it out. Right. So we go through those protection plans to teach the guys, hey, man, if you can't pitch it, you don't want to overly force the ball, right? You don't want to force that pass. This is how we can continue to flow. So then we add the fourth guy, um, and then we we add finally the final piece, which typically is the post player on the block, right, on, on that dunk spot. And But we teach it that way so the guys see the evolution of what we're trying to get to. You know, and then you start moving the ball, and you start hitting the drift, and it's one up, and – now you're driving the gap and you're pitching it again. And you're posting and, you know, it's just a lot of fun and it's free flowing. And, and when you've got good offensive players, you're giving them the freedom like, hey, man, here's a double gap. 
at the college level, and we try, and that's why we try to recruit guys that can really shoot the basketball, you're not going to guard um, from the strong side. You're not going to help, right? So you got one-on-one. And our All-American, who was an All-American this year, and actually, a matter of fact, he signed a professional contract today to play in Poland next year. Like, we just gave him the freedom. Hey, man, you're as good as it gets one-on-one. You're not going to get any help. And guess what? If the help comes, you know all you got. You know where guys are exactly at. And that's what makes it fun, too, right? You know exactly where your teammates are at. Every play, every stat, every breakdown, on their own, they're essential, but altogether, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advantage tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing pieces to get the most out of every second of film. Learn more at huddle.com slash a quick timeout. A big thanks to 323 Sports for supporting the show. The guys with 323 Sports are a team dealer providing uniforms, gear, equipment, and more to schools and colleges across the country. I've used them on multiple occasions, and their customer service and low prices are second to none. To find out more, visit 323sports.com, where you can reach out directly to a rep at sales at 323sports.com. They'll be sure to do it right for your sports program. You mentioned the bounce out. When you bounce out, what do you go to next? You know, you can reverse it, and now you're slicing through again, or you can tell that guy to slice through, and now you're attacking the opposite. You're attacking the opposite direction. Now you can also fan it. Some people call it fans. You know, you're just fanning the guy opposite wing. Now is clearing out, or you can fan it into a boomerang, right? So fan the guy, hit him. Now straight back to that guy for a boomerang, and now he's middle of the floor again to attack, which is really tough, right? Depending on how you play defense, you go on that fan, you pass it, that guy's going to jump into the gap if he was a gap guy. If he was a on-the-line, up-the-line guy, he's going to jump into the line. It's That's pretty hard to do now when you're getting dribbled that again, and now you're boomeranging back to the middle to get back to your guy. So I'll tell you that's one thing we have to get better at. I think we should incorporate the fan and the boomerang a little bit more. But, you know, we're going into year four, and hopefully we can do that um, this year. One of the other major questions that I've found that teams that play this way need to answer is, what happens when you have your post feeds? What do you all like to do when the ball goes into the post? Yeah, so we like to give, we like to give the post player the freedom to move. Typically, we want when we pass it, um, which is called the Laker cut. Some people call it a Laker cut. We call it a Laker cut. You know, you, you enter it from the wing or anything below the free throw line and down. When you throw it, you're emptying out to the opposite, you know, to the opposite corner to give him as much space as possible. Just like we're trying to give our perimeter guys space, when we throw it inside, we're trying to give that post player the freedom of movement to not only attack the basket, but to also see guys on the perimeter. Um, again, you know, we talked about what are we searching for? We're searching for layups. We're seeking layups, but we're seeking stationary threes. And, and the more our guys are, have their feet set and, and we throw strikes within our passes, you know, the better we can be offensively. So you've done this three years now. Gave you a little bit of warning. I don't know if you were able to find. Do you feel like there's anything statistically that has dramatically improved for you all? Because we work on it every day. And, and you know, we have shot we have shot a lot of free throws. We practice free throws every day, believe it or not. You know, we were second in the country three years ago at the line. We shot 80% from the free throw line. We've shot 70 plus Obviously, the last three years, you know, we led we've led the league and I don't you know, all these numbers are jumbled up, but I'm pretty sure either led the league or top three in the league in three point percentage field goal percentage. We're assisting on 50 percent of our field goals made. 
Um, I know for a fact we're probably averaging 15 point something assists per game, which needs to even increase even more. But on 30 made field goals, again, we're assisting on half of our makes. And, you know, it just for us, it's always been about sharing the basketball, but getting the ball into the guys that can actually make shots. And, you know, we're averaging over 80 points a game, which is really good. You know, and then an element that is forgotten, too, in this piece is I think because the floor is balanced, our transition defense is a lot better. So, you know, that's one recommendation to, to any coach of any level, right? Like when you think about what philosophy you're going with offensively, like you have to have the mindset, too, of like, how does that affect us on the defensive end? You know, and for so long I heard, well, coach, because you got the guys so spread out corners and alleys, you're not a, you're not going to be a good offensive rebounding team. Well, that's not the truth. We led the league in offensive rebounds this year. I, I just think offensive rebound is a mentality. Ball goes up. Go get it. Right. And but I always heard that, man, you got them spread out. You're playing so much perimeter, you know. It's just perimeter offense. Like, yeah, it is. But we also remember when we pitch in and we post, now we got two guys around the rim. So, you know, it's given us an opportunity to, to be very balanced, I think, all in all and everything that we do. And those, those are some numbers, I think, that have worked. And because we work on the skill set of the ball handling, our ball sureness has to be better, probably averaging anywhere between 11 or 12 turnovers a game, which I think as a college coach will take, you know, yeah. on any given, yeah. any given game. So. Yeah. Yeah. Statistically, too, uh, as you play each game, is there anything that you try to target goal wise? Like we're trying to get to this number of anything like that? Yeah. 62 shots plus. I really like to increase that even more, um, probably to anywhere between 66 and 68. I think it's really good. You're playing at a good pace, you know, getting as many stationary threes as possible. But, you know, I, I think I've shared this with you before. You know, our, our numbers are 45, 35, 70. Um, I haven't lost a game here in three years when we shoot 45, 35, 70. Why those numbers matter? Because you're shooting at a very efficient clip. But at the end of the day, in order to shoot that way, guys understand the quality of shot that needs to take place. And I think that's the difference between average, good, you know, bad, average, good and great programs is the quality of shot that the teams are taking and the quality of shots by your best players. Um, You know, how does your best players 18 points per game? look compared to another guy you know maybe the other guy scores 18 but they're forced his misses put you in bad positions on transition defense so it's it's getting your best players the shots that that matter most and are going to help you on both ends of the floor is there anything that you teach them for good shot selection or is it just showing them we want these kinds of shots yeah I, i think we'll break stuff down hey man this this was you took some good shots today in this game or in this practice and we, we show those clips in, in film room what determines that good shot i think that we have proper flow that that guys are not out of sync you know like all of a sudden you got you have two guys cutting they're not even in position to offensive rebound right like you're just randomly just doing whatever you want uh, aside from what we've established as our structure offensively but at the same time you know you're good players sometimes you got to live and die sometimes with them taking some tougher shots. Um, And one thing about our offense that's different is that I do value the mid-range, mid-range shot. And and I know in today's game, a lot of guys are going away from that. We do not. Uh, We probably shoot as many mid-range jumpers as anyone in in our division. And and our best player was, you know, one of the best who's who's done it here and one of the best in the country at, at shooting, you know, anywhere between 15, 18 feet. You mentioned the practicing free throws, so I'm sure somebody out there listening was wanting me to ask this, so I'll go ahead and ask it. How do you practice your free throws on a daily basis? Man, we, I find try to find at least five minutes of a practice plan, and we'll rotate goals. 
we kind of keep a running uh, score of free throws and you kind of move up or down, that makes you shoot on the main goals. So if you want to be a good free throw shooter, you want to make them so you can shoot on the main two goals who are much better than some of the older goals that we got <laughs> on the side. But, you know, we keep we keep track of that all season long. Um, there's a winner at the end of the year. Um, they probably get on to me, you know, because I always say, yeah, I'm going to get you a T-shirt. I'm going to do something. And I always forget. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, they, you know, it's the competitive side in them. They just want to be on the two main floors, right? And uh, that, that's how we, we try. We, we try to find five to ten minutes and then obviously um, put it on them from an accountability, an accountability standpoint to, to, to shoot uh, on their own when they come in for their individual workouts. I have found that this kind of offense generates more free throws because you're spacing and attacking the basket. And it also generates more three-point attempts. And a lot of times it turns your average shooters into above-average shooters, above-average shooters to great shooters, and so on and so forth. I think just simply because of the types of threes that it's generating. And I was wondering if you found something similar to that. A hundred percent, right? And and, and we do drills like I did this something this summer that I've never done just trying to get better every year. And I think that's, you know, I know we're talking offense today, but I think that that goes for anything like growing as a coach, growing as a program, growing as an individual player. I gave them three drills to follow this year, which will, you know, and I've heard other coaches talk about their license to shoot. Right. I think I, I'm not giving them licenses, but I am seeing, man, how much work have you put in the summer? These are the type of shots I put the program together that they follow, that these are the shots that we're going to be taking within our offense. And when we put them through these workouts, when they get back, especially with these new eight days that we're going to get, you know, have you been working? How efficient are you shooting these shots? And, you know, that that elevates you in my eyes as a guy that I can call maybe sometimes specific quick hitters for or moves you up and down in regards to the depth chart. The more confidence you show a coach with the work you're putting in and how efficient you are with your, your shots, that, that to me is the difference of the guys who – play a little bit more consistent than, than others. Have you found that playing this style helps in the long run of you developing as a team offensively? I guess what I mean is I feel sometimes with some offenses, like there's a, there's a cap to it. Like this is as good as we're going to get, but I've found with this style for us, at least there's no limit to it. No. Continue Uh, to get better through the season. Because you're consistently developing your skills. Right. And to me, like that's like by the time you're a senior, you should be really good at finishing around the rim and you should be really good with your arc slides and your footwork in regards to receiving passes, catching and shooting the basketball. Now, when you're on the block, like your footwork on the block becomes a lot better. You know, you're stride stopping a lot. So fundamentally, you're going to have to be fundamentally sound because your footwork is key um, in this offense. Um, and, And to me, no, I think that. There's great freedom. There's opportunity to create space with, you know, create space with the, the skills that you have. Like you talked about, it provides growth for you as a player and as a program, but it also puts on the responsibility on you. If you're not working on your skill set during the summer or during the year and getting better, you're only not only hurting yourself, but you're slowing down your teammates. Um, and, and so to me, everyone is accountable um, because everyone has to be on the same page. What would be the deciding factors for you? And when you decided to do this, at least if you were like me, it sounded good and there were things about it that you liked. But now several years in, I look back and this there's clarity to it. And 
I can better state like you should run something like this because of these. What are the these that you would state to the coach? Like what we started talking about today. Number one, easy to learn. So as a coach, I think with minimal knowledge, you watch these videos, you watch these teams that run this. I think you can sit down and honestly pick it up very quickly. Then it's a lot of fun coaching it because everyone's touching it. Everybody is working on their skill. Everyone is posting. Everybody's shooting. It honestly makes practice fun as well um, because this is simple basketball, you know, and there's other, you know, things that we can do, you know, other quick hitters that we have within it that the guys start seeing, oh, coach, man, like the Rockets run this. The Warriors run this, right? Because it's spaced out, right? And, and in today's game, you know, driving space, you can also play a five out. We play just four out, one in because we have post players that can actually score it around the rim and we want to really isolate them. But it's also a fun offense. If you've got five guards for a high school that maybe you don't have size and now you're spreading people out, man, you, you can play at a, a, you know, again, decisively, fast and freely, right? And, and that's that's the fun part of it. You know, again, I just think it's it's a style of play that develops the player, right? The total player. Shots, ball handling, post-ups, understanding um, spacing, right? The spacing is key, right? So to me, um, again, man, it gives guys great freedom, um, gives them opportunities to be creative. You will grow as you learn more and more about the offense. And, and, and then at the end, it's it's you. You have the responsibility um, and the, you have to hold yourself accountable. Man, I, I can't my skills can't diminish because it's going to hurt the, the body of work of, of the flow of the offense. Yeah. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Last thing here, if people want to connect with you, where can they do that? My email, you know, Raul.Placeris, like it says on the screen, at MaribelCollege.edu. Um, I believe on Twitter, I'm MC Coach Placeris. Um, my cell phone number, 865-256-2222. Buckets across 2222. But yeah, anyone who's interested, I can send you stuff that I have. I can push you in the direction of Coach Doug Novak, who I know is going to present at your clinic here coming up in a couple of weeks. I, I you know, I would recommend anyone of any level uh, to hear the to hear coach speak and, and see how he goes about the stuff that he does. I think you have Coach Cassio coming on a, as well. You know, I met with Cassio four years ago. I thought he was a what is this guy talking about? And then as I started learning more and more, you know, I've talked to Cassio at length. We've actually done a clinic together here in Knoxville. And, you know, he was more five, five out at the time when he was at the high school he was at. I know he's at Happy State now, but, you know, there's just a lot of different ways you can get into this offense. But reach out to me. I'm, I'm a open book. I'll share everything that we got with you from an offense and, and a defensive um, philosophy because they both have to mix in order for you to be a successful team. And, so definitely, man, um, driving space is the way to go. I'm going to tell you all out there. Hopefully the, my conference opponents are not listening to this, but, you know, it's been very effective and it helps the recruiting. That, that to me is another thing, right? A team sees you play and they're like, wow, man, they're up tempo. The coach gives them the freedom to, to, to create and move. You know, it helps you in recruiting. That's Coach Raul Placeris, head coach for the Maryville Scots. Just like last time, Coach, great performance. Thanks, man. Appreciate you.